Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. On a Tuesday, it is wild card weekend for the Browns coming up. They will travel to Houston on Saturday to take on the Texans at 4.30, the first playoff game uh, of the playoff season. Uh, I have I have one Hey Mary Kay question of my own that I would like to ask before we start. Um, so this comes from Dan. Hey Mary Kay, <laughs> is this a must-win game? Oh my gosh, Dan, it is a must-win <laughs> game. We are allowed to say it. I was reminded of this um, just a couple of days ago when I was searching around for something about the Browns versus Texans game, and they called it, the writer called it a must-win game on Christmas Eve for the Texans. And Oops. guess what? <laughs> they lost the game, and they still won the AFC South. So it wasn't a must-win game. This, however, is a must-win game. For, we for can finally teams. say it. Yes. Yes. And and you know what? You know what else? I mean, the obviously the um, you know the game between the Texans and the Colts that was a must-win game. It should be reserved for those. Do you, have you come around to this notion yet? I have. Yeah, I have. I think I think must win has become a little like like how we always use the word great to describe things or like it's one of those sports things where you're trying to like really, you know, gin up the stakes for a for a game or something. And so you just throw out must win. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're right, because y- you hate to say that. And then two weeks later, the team's in the playoffs anyway. Yes. So. All right. Let's keep it pure. <laughs> Let's get to questions from our texters. And this kind of um, goes along the, the winning lines. Uh, it comes from Mike in Alabama. Hey, Mary Kay, I just can't muster any hope for a Browns win on Saturday. Can't shake the years of disappointment. Is there a cure for this other than the Browns just winning? Well, bourbon usually works. Um, <laughs> so you could try that. It works for you, Dan. Um, <laughs> sort of. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, but you know what? I, I really hope that Browns fans can enjoy this wild ride. It's so much fun. I mean, this was, you know, they are kind of playing with house money in a way. When when Deshaun Watson went down with a fractured shoulder, this wasn't supposed to happen. You're not supposed to go pluck a former Super Bowl MVP off the couch and have him come into your football team and throw for 300 yards in four straight games and go four and one and get you to the playoffs. 
That's not supposed to happen. And he's not supposed to light up the offense the way that he has uh, in this amazing play action bootleg keeper game that they are calling for him. None of this is supposed to be happening. And it's so fun. And I think it's the best story in the NFL this season. Certainly it's in the top two or three stories in the NFL this season. And I hope that fans can just enjoy this wild ride because you never know. Nothing is guaranteed. The next year, the playoffs are not even guaranteed. Nobody knows where Joe's going to be next year. Nobody knows how Deshaun Watson's going to be next year. So I really hope that fans can just enjoy the moment and live in it and savor it. I mean, how much fun was the Thursday night game against the Jets? I've talked to so many people that have said they don't ever remember an atmosphere like that before in a game. Uh, you know, there's just so many things about this past five weeks of the season that have been improbable and fun and magical. And I just want people to just sit back and really take it all in and enjoy it. Yeah. And I understand what, um, you know, what our uh, guy Mike is saying here. Like, I, you know, Browns fans have been beaten down by this. They've seen their team disappoint over and over. But like, just think back to 2020, right? They went to Pittsburgh, they got a 28 nothing lead, and they beat the Steelers at home in the wild card round. Like, anything is possible with this team. This is a legitimately good football team. Like, mm-hmm. really, this is a good football team. And certainly, you know, finding Joe Flacco might just be the lottery ticket they needed. But other than Flacco, this is a really good team. There's a ton of talent, and they are a better football team than the Texans. They're not, they're not road favorites by accident. So they're a better football team than the Texans. And frankly, it would be a disappointment. I, I think if they lost this game. So I don't think Browns fan, I understand being nervous. It's the playoffs. You're a Browns fan. You've been through a million things, but like, this is a good team. You should actually feel excited for, for this opportunity and the potential. I mean, they could be going to Baltimore as soon as next week. If they win, like that's what you should really get excited about. Uh, maybe a potential matchup with the Ravens next week or the week after. Oh my gosh. I mean, I still think there, there is probably so much excitement ahead. I, I have felt for a while now that this team is capable of going to the Super Bowl. I'm not guaranteeing anything. I'm not saying it's absolutely going to happen, but they have what it takes. They have what it takes to get to the Super Bowl and they have what it takes to win it. And it would just be such an incredible finish to this storybook season with Joe Flacco. If they could do that for Browns fans, Browns fans deserve that. Browns fans deserve it. It feels like it's in the cards. I don't know. I could be wrong. They could go to Houston and the, the Texans could rise up and beat the Browns. Like we talked about on yesterday's podcast, it, it's going to come down to turnovers. The Browns cannot keep playing with fire the way that they have and living on the edge with those, with those giveaways. They've got to shore that up. Uh, they've got to protect the football if they want to advance uh, in these playoffs. But, you know, it's, it's just all setting up for, uh, you know, a really, really nice run. I do think that they're going to go into – Houston and and beat the Texans. I think they are better than the Texans. Kevin Stefanski is 10 and 0 against the AFC South. Joe Flacco is 5 and 0 in the first round of the playoffs. So, you know, this is an experienced coaching staff. It's an experienced quarterback for this magnitude of a game. Um and they are a better team. And you know what? Jordan Aikens told me that yesterday in the locker room the tight end of the Cleveland Browns, who played for the Texans last year. He knows the Texans like the back of his hand. He didn't have C.J. Stroud, but he knows this football team, 
And he has the inside intel to be able to say the Cleveland Browns are a better football team. He said it. I wrote it. And I agree with him. It's true. They should go into Houston and beat those Texans again, even though it's not going to be easy. It will be much harder than it was on Christmas Eve for many reasons. Uh, But they can do it. And then it's just open season from there and anything can happen. So here's here's another question kind of along these lines. Uh, it comes from Todd in Bay Village. Hey, Mary Kay, where would you rank this opportunity for the Browns to win a championship? And I think opportunity is a key word here because I was thinking about this yesterday. Um, you know, look, I, I don't think the Bengals are done by any stretch. And if you have Joe Burrow, you're going to have a chance to win. But like the Bengals roster has a lot of questions right now after kind of this three-year run that ended with Joe Burrow getting hurt. And they weren't able to find their Joe Flacco. So, you know, they've got questions. I'm sure they'll be back. But it just kind of speaks to, you might think a window's going to be open forever and last a long time. But in the NFL, that can change super quickly. So I think this is, even though it's not Deshaun Watson and it's not the way you drew it up, with as wide open as this thing is, with really only like two truly dominant teams in the league, I think this is a big opportunity for this football team. I think it's huge. I think it's huge. This has got to be their year. There are so few teams uh, that would scare the Browns in the playoffs. There are so few. I can't, I mean, I think that the Baltimore Ravens in Baltimore would be, you know, that would be probably a good football game, but I certainly think they can win it. And same thing with the San Francisco 49ers. It would be another probably sort of tough matchup against the 49ers, but I think they can beat them again. There's nobody that I think that they cannot beat. This is a deep football team. It's a fast team. The defense is so good, so dominant. And then you just pair that with Joe Flacco, who has just come in here and transformed this offense with that downfield passing game, that play action action boot game. He's dynamite. This is an explosive, explosive offense. So you pair an explosive offense with the number one defense in the NFL. It's a recipe for success. And I think they can go all the way. Okay. So we had a couple quarterback questions. I feel like, I feel like this is always going to be a topic until it's not. Um, So let's talk a little Joe Flacco here. Uh, This comes from the 305 area code. Hey, Mary Kay, do you think if the Browns get to the conference championship, um, or win a Super Bowl, that there's any chance Joe Flacco would be willing to be a backup next year? Would management even consider it? Oh, sure. They would consider it. And I think it would just at that point come down to whether or not Joe Flacco gets an opportunity to start somewhere. Because if he has a chance to start, then I think that's what he wants to do. I mean, we know that he wants to start. Uh, So backup versus starting you know, he, he will take starting and playing football. I don't think he would want to go play for a bad football team that can't keep him upright and can't protect him. I mean, I think he's learning this year that having a really good supporting cast is what a quarterback needs. You need a good defense. You need good weapons around you. You need a good offensive line. And then you can go out and you can play some really darn good football. This might be one of the best situations he's ever been in football wise, Um, especially with the play calling, the aggressive play calling where they're like, Hey, this dude has a cannon. Let's use it. Right. I mean, it's been, they're aggressively calling the game for him. So um, 
you know, in a perfect world, would there be some way he could be the starting quarterback, the Cleveland Browns? I'm sure he would love that. But, you know, we all know what the situation is here. And barring some unforeseen circumstance, that's not changing anytime soon. So, you know, let's see how it all plays out and, um, you know, and, and see where this is going. But, um, you know, it just almost seems to me like he's going to have an opportunity to start for someone next year. And, uh, and if he has an, a chance to go start for a good team and reestablish himself, then I think he would prefer that. Yeah, I mean, it's just hard to see him wanting to come back and be a backup unless there's just no other good situation that presents itself to him. And, you know, I mean, look, this came up in our in the pregame Q&A that I do every week with, you know, well, would you, would you bring back Joe Flacco and move on from Deshaun Watson? Like, it's just not that easy because that would take so many things. Like, first of all, I don't think they're I don't think this organization is out on Deshaun Watson by any stretch. So that's the first thing it would take. Like, I think they still believe in Deshaun Watson. So that's step one. But the other thing is like, just, just go to over the cap and look at Deshaun Watson's salary and look at the dead cap money that comes with a cut or a trade. Like it's virtually, I guess I would never say impossible because crazy things happen in the NFL, but a dead cap hit next year is $200 million. Like that's essentially your salary cap. So he's not going anywhere They're financially. And he's got a no trade clause too. So like, I think it is about as financially impossible as a situation could be in the NFL for him not to be this team starting quarterback next year. And again, it goes back to that first point I made. I, this organization still believes in Deshaun Watson. So I don't think that's changing. Yeah, I don't think that's changing either. And again, stranger things have happened in the NFL. Stranger things have happened with quarterback situations where you think that it's going down one road and it goes down another. I don't anticipate that happening. Um, but, um, you know, the only way it could happen is if, okay, let's say Joe wins the Super Bowl for the Cleveland Browns and it's just the groundswell of support is just too crazy and everybody in the whole entire world wants him to continue as the Browns starting quarterback. Very unlikely, but let's just play devil's advocate here for a minute. I mean, the only way that could happen is if some team were willing to trade for Deshaun Watson and the Browns were willing to pick up a big chunk of the change. Okay. Uh, that's the only way that that could happen because he, you know, they've guaranteed him that money and nobody has to pay him a dime. So, uh, you know, it would just be another team that would have to be willing to, you know, give up, a lot of trade compensation and the Browns would have to be willing to, um, you know, to do something in terms of picking up a large chunk of the tab. I don't see anything of, you know, anything of the sort happening. Um, the absolute only, um, you know, the only caveat to all of this is that even though he's expected to make a full recovery with the shoulder next year, nobody knows for sure how that's going to go. And that, you know, and that's another thing. What team is going to take a chance on a quarterback who's been out of football and really not on top of his game for several years now, for three years now, uh, what, what team is going to take a chance on a player like that coming off of shoulder surgery? So I, you know, may, maybe there's a team that, you know, that is in love with him enough uh, to throw, you know, to throw the house at the Browns and see if they'd be willing to, to move him. But right now that seems very, very far-fetched to me. Yeah. And then, you know, we do have to acknowledge like Joe is 38 years old 
and I know that like quarterbacks are playing longer and, you know, Tom Brady played till he's 45, but he is going to be 39, you know, pretty soon next week. Yeah. Next week. So like, I think this, I think this discussion would maybe have more legs, even if he was 32 or 33, but at 38, like as great as he's been, and maybe he will play till he's 43 or whatever. I don't know. It's possible. Uh, Maybe that arm is going to last him forever, but you know, there is more risk with a guy who's 39 years old as as well. um, And who's going to turn 40 next January. Like, you know, you, you have to, you have to consider that part of it too. As great as he's been, he's still getting closer and closer to 40 years old. Yeah. And, and you never know. I mean, you know, there's 38 year olds that have, uh, you know, the body of a, a, you know, 29 year old, the way that Tom Brady did. Tom Brady was always, you know, a decade physically younger than his actual age. Um, but, and, and Joe seems like that to me, you know, he really seems like he has been drinking from the fountain of youth and that arm, he hasn't lost anything off of that arm. He still has all of the arm strength that he's always had. It's absolutely incredible. And he's moving really well. That's why they've added in more movement. They're moving the pocket more. Uh, they're, they're getting him out. They're designing, uh, you know, plays out on the perimeter for him. So that part's been really super cool. But like you said, I mean, you don't really know what the future holds with that. Um, and again, the unfortunate thing for the Browns is they don't have a guarantee of how Deshaun is going to come back from a fractured shoulder. Hopefully for them and for Deshaun, he will be totally fine and they won't miss a beat and he'll be physically uh, back to himself before too long. But, you know, it's just a wait and see proposition. All right, uh, let's take a break here. And then we've got a question about uh, Jim Schwartz. We had a couple fun questions too that I want to get to as well on the other side here on our Hey Mary Kay edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. I'm back on the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Dan Lobby and Mary Kay Cabot, a Hey Mary Kay edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. So let's talk a little bit about Jim Schwartz. Um, This question has to do with kind of I don't know if it's necessarily about who gets credit or or anything like that, but it comes from the 216 area code. Hey, Mary Kay, shouldn't the storyline this week be how grizzled Super Bowl champion Jim Schwartz will have his defense ready for a rookie quarterback? And that is certainly something to keep in mind because Jim knows what he's doing. And if anybody knows how to confuse a rookie, it's Jim. Yeah, I'll tell you what, this Brown's defense is going to be champing at the bit to come after a rookie quarterback. And, you know, he's played in the AFC South, so he really hasn't faced the likes of a Cleveland Browns defense. He hasn't really faced, you know, I mean, I don't know exactly who he's played this season, but these AFC North defenses, it's a different breed. I mean, and the Browns are now right up there with the Steelers and the Ravens in terms of playing really super tough, physical, physical, aggressive defense. It's the fastest defense in the NFL, or at least one of the top two fast, fastest defenses in the NFL. It has everything. It's got everything at every level. I mean, they've got speed, they've got range, 
They've got pass rush ability. They've got fast linebackers. They've got cover corners. I mean, like it is a cornucopia of defensive talent. And that is, that's really a major reason why I'm touting this team as, as being able to go to the Super Bowl. And I mean, I'll tell you what, if, if, if they don't get there, I'm almost going to be surprised at this point because this defense is so darn good. Uh, and I mean, and Jim Schwartz has, has them playing so well together and playing for each other and with each other. And it just, I mean, you know, you, you can take five starters out of the lineup and they're still amazing. I mean, really that, that what team in the NFL is that deep on defense? Like what team in the NFL? There isn't one. You can't do that. I mean, when, when the Texans played the Cleveland Browns on Christmas Eve, they ended up being in that game without their starting Sam linebacker. There's two starting defensive ends. They were down two starting cornerbacks and it showed or a safety in a cornerback. It showed. I mean, there was significant drop off to their backups and they did some good things. I mean, they picked off Joe twice and, you know, they did some decent things, but they, their defense was not what it was when you got down to their backups with Cleveland. No way. Not so much. You can get down to the second string and in some cases the third string and they're playing incredible defense. Look at how Ronnie Hickman, an undrafted rookie out of Ohio State, is playing. It's unbelievable. This team, I'll tell you what, they can draft defensive guys. They can draft and they can acquire, not just draft. They can sign and draft defensive players. They know what they're doing in that regard. Uh, so deep on the defensive line. Good, good linebackers. I mean, you're, you're able to plug in, you know, backup linebackers and get amazing play. It's just, it's really, I've, I've never covered a defense this good with the Cleveland Browns. I never have. And I mean, of course, it starts with Miles Garrett. It helps to have a Miles Garrett, one of the best defenders in the NFL. But I pity the team that has to face this defense. And now you've got the juice back. And what I mean by that is when you've got Obo Okoronkwo back, I mean, he's been to the Super Bowl. He knows how to play with his hair on fire. You've got Juan Thornhill. He's been to Super Bowls. He know what it knows what it takes at this level. These guys know how to get these guys fired up. Z Smith, he knows how to do that. They're bringing the fire. They're bringing the juice. They have what it takes. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the if this team does go on to, to make it to the Super Bowl or win a Super Bowl, whatever it's, you know, obviously Joe Flacco is going to be a huge story, but it is, it's going to be one of those situations where it's about the defense. Like they're going to do it because of this defense. And that's what it's been all year. It's every, like almost every single win this year, you can point to the defense. There's a couple exceptions, right? Like Indianapolis, uh, the second Baltimore game, but like this defense won so many games for this football team. Um, and it's what was part of what we talked about yesterday, right? This team leads the NFL in turnovers. And the reason they're able to do that and still win games is because this defense just doesn't seem to care. All right, you turn the ball over, fine. You're going to go three and out or we're, you know, we're going to get it back for you. As long as you don't give them the ball at the two yard line. And maybe even then we're going to make it hard on them. Like mm-hmm. it's, we're going to get the ball back for you. Don't worry about it. Yeah. And, you know, the Texans don't even have one of their best offensive weapons right now. I mean, if you can throw a ton of offensive weapons at the Cleveland Browns, like, like I think Baltimore would probably do, especially if they get Mark Andrews back. 
And like the San Francisco 49ers would do if they have a healthy Debo Samuel, which they didn't have in the loss to the Browns, if they have a Christian McCaffrey healthy, which they didn't have against the Cleveland Browns. You know, if you can throw a ton of weapons at this Browns defense, you know, then you're going to give them the business a little bit. But, you know, if you've got one amazing receiver in in Nico Collins, they're not going to let you get away with that. They're not, they're not, they're not going to let you beat them with one fantastic weapon because they know they'll know how to take it away. Their one-on-one man coverage is so good. I mean, you could put any number one of one of those defensive cornerbacks on him and they're going to do a really nice job. Martin's playing lights out. Denzel's playing lights out. Um, you know, if, if you don't have the weapons, they're they're going to make you pay. Okay, a couple. We got a couple fun ones here uh, that I want to get to. Paul Spencer in New York City. He's thinking about the Super Bowl. Hey, Mary Kay. If the Browns go to the Super Bowl, will the three of you be going to Las Vegas? And who's likely to lose the most money there? And I just feel like the answer to that last question is probably me. Um, but I don't know. But yeah, I mean, we're all three planning to be there. Uh, I don't know if we'll be doing the Airbnb thing again or what. I don't know how how it's all going to work, but. Uh, I feel like Paul is calling me out there with the second part of that question that somehow I'm going to go to Las Vegas and I'm just going to lose everything on like a, a, I don't know, roulette or blackjack or something like that. Well, first, let me say that if we do do the Airbnb thing this time around, I should probably tell my husband if I decide to room with three guys again, like we did in LA. That would be a good idea. Maybe tell him a few times, maybe put it in a text. That's really what just put it in a text or something. Yes, exactly. Somehow he missed that when he was walking out the door to work one morning, he missed that part of the conversation. And we've been having uh, just a wonderful bunch of laughs about that ever since. Um, But yes, we're all going and looking forward to it. I am a Vegas aficionado. It is not because I'm a gambler. It is because I have a daughter who is a uh, an acrobat, and she's in the you know circus world as a traveling acrobat in a show right now called Blizzard, traveling around Europe and Canada and and the United States. And so you know, I kind of got involved in the um, you know the world of circus and Cirque du Soleil performances. A lot of people don't really understand that when I'm talking about that. I'm not talking about, you know, elephants and animals and that kind of stuff. We're talking about, you know, acrobatic performances. And um, so I've been to Vegas a number of times and I've seen all the, you know, not all the Cirque shows, but so many of the Cirque shows and I just love them. And then I've gone out there a few times to see, I saw Adele within the last six months, which was phenomenal. I've seen Garth Brooks in a small group setting Um, I've seen Jerry Seinfeld out there. Uh, so it's just a blast in my mind, but I'm not a gambler. I am not a gambler. My husband will play some blackjack, but I don't, I don't like the whole gambling thing. So I'm not a casino guy. I don't even go to the casinos. I, I like the shopping, the pools, the pools are fun, the dining, the shows, and, and that's basically it. The restaurants are phenomenal. There's just so much to do there. The people watching, it's so fun. Dan, have you been there, Dan? Um, I've been there. It was a long time ago. I, I, yeah, I, I need to, I need to really get back and experience it. It was, yeah, that's, I, I, the problem is, and you know, this Mary Kay, you found this out in Los Angeles. When I stay somewhere too long, I like become, it like 
sucks me in. I like become <laughs> part of that place. Like I, yes. when we were in LA, I like almost forgot that I had to come home and have like a real life waiting yes, for you me. Did. It was, yes. it was a little bit of I, a problem. I know. I was worried about you, but you know, you get home and uh, you just get right back into that routine. Right. But we, we do remember the halcyon days of living in Los Angeles uh, for a while this year. It was very fun. We lived in Westwood Village. We made friends. We had regular restaurants that we went to. <laughs> so we laugh about that. We, we kid around about when we lived in Westwood Village for a while this season. But no, I think, I think you would probably, some people hate Vegas. Some people like it. It depends on what you enjoy doing. And again, I'm not a gambler. I know a lot of people on the, Brown, on the Browns beat will enjoy going out there and gambling. Um, but that part I can definitely do without. Next year we have road trips to Las Vegas and New Orleans. So um, keep us keep us in your thoughts as we hit the road <laughs> next year. I guess. Um, yes. So that brings us to this from Dave in Cleveland. Um, hey Mary Kay, favorite moment of the regular season, worst moment, and best on the road meal. I, this is sort of tough to think about on the spot. Um, if he's talking games, though like favorite moment of the regular season. I feel like that's kind of an easy one, but I'll let you go first. Oh my God. I've never experienced anything like that Jets game. I have never experienced anything like the atmosphere at Cleveland Browns stadium, the night they clinched against the Jets. And I've talked to a lot of people who feel the same way with the light show and the lights going off and Nick Chubb, smashing the guitar with his Batman mask on and the fireworks afterwards and the little Flacco's in their Flacco jerseys. I've never experienced anything like it. And I'll tell you what, I don't even know. I mean, like I'm guessing that a Super Bowl victory would exceed that experience, but I've never been a part of anything quite like that. It was a blast. And, you know, one of my best memories in football. Well, that's the problem with the Super Bowl is you can't replicate the home stadium, right? It's a neutral right. site, so it has that kind of weird feeling. Uh, but yes. I'm glad you said that one because that wasn't going to be my choice. That is a good one. But I was going to say the win over Baltimore in oh, yeah. Baltimore, just how chaotic yes. it was. And like, obviously, that was a road game, but that locker room is so small. It's the yeah. worst visiting locker room I've ever been in. You cannot move. It's terrible. It's like you're stepping on things equipment guys are mad at us anyway when we're in there after games because we're always in their way and so they're extra yeah. mad at us not that you know i not not ripping on the equipment guys here they're great but um they don't love it when we're <laughs> when we're getting in their way at road games which i understand um so it's just a really it's an awful visiting locker room but just being in that locker room after that game you could feel like you could feel it you could feel what that game meant and how much it meant to those players and that was kind of the moment of like okay this team can really do something. Of course, that might've led to the worst moment of the season, which is when a few days later, you find out your starting quarterback's gone for the year, right? As he finally had his best game. Yeah. And you know what? I'll tell you what, that performance by Deshaun Watson was epic for him to come bounding out of that locker room behind with no snowballs chance in hell of pulling off that victory coming out of there on a high ankle sprain, and then at some point fracturing his shoulder when we we don't even know when that happened, really, exactly. Um, For him to bound out of that locker room, put the Cleveland Browns 
on his back and win that game, it's one of the best victories that I've ever seen, considering the magnitude of the game, the opponent. It was on the road. They were so far behind. He was coming off. I mean, he had a high ankle sprain. It was just, uh, it was one of the most incredible things that I've seen. And I think he showed Cleveland what he was all about. And I'll tell you, I know a lot of people have, cannot separate the off the field from the on the field. I know a lot of people really, really struggle with that. But setting aside, because uh, truthfully, we do kind of have to set aside the off the field and cover football because that's what we do. That performance was incredible. And it showed to me that Deshaun Watson is what the Browns thought he was when they traded three first round picks for him. And when they gave him $230 million guaranteed, that's why they did it for that moment. And they wouldn't be here probably right now without that victory. Yeah, it was, um, it, yeah, I, you said it. What, what he did in that game was was incredible um, for them to go on, on the road and beat Baltimore like they did the last time the Ravens have lost. Um, favorite road meal, there's too many to think of. Uh, we're going back to Houston. Uh, somebody else asked us for some barbecue recommendations. I recommended where we went uh, last time. Pit room. I'm not going to get to go there this time because I'm not flying in until late on Friday, so I'm a little disappointed about that. But um yeah, I mean, every every road meal we figure it out. We find something really. This last weekend in uh, where were we? Cincinnati <laughs> had had this yes. great mac and cheese at this like random restaurant that we came across. So I I don't know what it. We always end up finding good meals on the road. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm I'm gonna pull back the curtain here a little bit. Dan has unwittingly worked his way into being. Uh, the restaurant, you know, concierge for us. Kind of by accident here. Kind of by accident. Uh, You know, we used to have Marla Ridenauer from the Akron Beacon Journal used to have that role. And she's not covering the team on a full-time basis anymore. Uh, So, you know, we just kind of try to wing it and figure it out. And somehow uh, the responsibility has fallen to Dan lately, and he's doing a tremendous job. Uh, His bar choice the other night left a little to be desired. But... His restaurant recommendation was phenomenal. And you guys did have, I think, brisket over mac mac and cheese. Yeah. Yeah. It was really good. Yeah, that was really good. Um, So, yeah, we've had a lot of really, really great road meals and road experiences. And uh, this one was kind of funny because, uh, you know, one of the writers got stuck behind a, um, you know, a speakeasy type bookcase and we had to rescue him. So we have some funny stories. but, um, But my favorite restaurant on the road this season was Tom Tom, a Vanderpump restaurant in West Hollywood when we were out there living in Westwood Village for a week. Um, And I went with, it was kind of a girl's night out, me and Ashley and um, a couple of the um, Browns girls or females, however you want to say it, that work for uh, you know, their website and their PR department. Shout out to Kelsey and Jordan. And we had ourselves a time. We went to Tom Tom, and I'm sure maybe some of our listeners have been there. Maybe they haven't. And then when we went to um, the bar afterwards in West Hollywood, we actually saw Lisa Vanderpump and her Pomeranian. And that if people watch Vanderpump Rules, they'll know what I'm talking about. I don't watch the show. Ashley's a huge Vanderpump Rules fan. So she was over the moon. She got to see Lisa. We tried to talk her into running up and getting a picture with her, but she played it cool. 
Um, kind of like when I ran into Jared Leto, she was trying to be hard to get with Lisa Vanderpump. So <laughs> anyways, that was a very cool night. Tom, Tom, West Hollywood. I'd go back in a heartbeat. Street City was the place that we went to. It's on um, in Cincinnati. It's on West 6th, I believe, or 6th Street, whatever it's called. Oh, no, it's on Walnut Street um, in Cincinnati. So that, that was good. But you guys, look, I could never do what I could never. I can't live up to the standard Marla has set. And just to warn you all, you are this close to us just ending up in an Applebee's some Saturday before <laughs> a game. So you're playing with Funny. fire here. That's funny. That's on the table. Uh, okay. No pun intended. All right. That'll do it for this edition of the orange and Brown talk podcast. Those questions came from our football insider subscribers, cleveland.com slash Brown's the blue banner at the top of the page for all the info on that. And to get involved in texting, uh, find us on Instagram, search orange and Brown talk and on YouTube, search Cleveland Browns on cleveland.com. And always, as always, uh, make sure you subscribe to this podcast on Apple podcasts and Spotify, and please leave us some five-star reviews on, uh, on Apple podcasts. We love to see those. Uh, we got a full week of pods coming your way. So we're just getting started here on wildcard week. Mary Kay, I'll talk to you later. Sounds great.